Psalms 42.5, it says, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Why are you having a crying? Fix, he's talking to himself. Fix my eyes. Fix your eyes on God. Soon you'll be praising again. He puts a smile on a, he puts a smile on my face. Why? Because he's my God. And the future is as bright as God can make it. Over in Proverbs uh, 31, I didn't uh, get the exact verse here, but it's talking about the virtuous women. And one of the translation work talks about that she's preparing things for her family to make sure, you know, they've got clothes and they've got foods. In one translation, it says a virtuous woman smiles at the future. Everybody just smile. Just, Just look up and smile. Look up at that light. That's pretty bright. Did you know Jesus is brighter than that? (laughs) And our future is brighter than that shining light. Why? Because our hope and our eyes, our trust, our confidence are in him. Another really good verse just to remind ourselves of is Jeremiah 29, 11 in the NIV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Again, if you weren't here this morning, you need to listen to pastor's message. Part of the other thing that we're here to do, we're here to pray for healing and restoration. But we are here to love people. We are here to let them know Jesus loves them. And the future is bright in him. Amen. Dry those tears and fix your eyes upon Jesus. He's the source. Of our hope. He's the source of our joy. He's the source of our peace. He is the prince of peace. Just think about it. We're going to kind of start back at, at some of the beginning of where glory was mentioned. in the, At least in the New Testament. Think about it when Jesus was born. This is not just a Christmas message or a passage. In Luke chapter 2. Let's just look at verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, what? A politician? A Republican? A Democrat? No, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And it will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel, because Gabriel was the one that brought this message, but all of a sudden he's surrounded with a heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Can we just lift our hands and say glory to God in the highest? Glory to God in the highest. He's still 
the most high God. And he still deserves all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Hallelujah. When this announcement of his birth came, it was a fulfillment of a prophecy that the Messiah had been born. That's why they said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Hallelujah. Jesus hasn't just been born, but maybe some of you have recently been born again. And that was a joyous day when you discover and you realize that he, the hope of the world, came to die for me. And I can ask him into my heart. Woo! That's a joyous day. And that was a joyous day when Jesus came as a little baby. And we know, like who used to say that? Harvey, what was his name? The rest of the story. The rest of the story? Harvey something. Paul Harvey. But for some of you that are at least 50, you would know that. <laughs> for the rest of the story, he didn't stay a baby. He came as a baby, but he grew up to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that good? That's a good place to start. And when he said that, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The message of Christ coming to live in you, the hope of glory is for whosoever will call on the name of the Lord. I'm sure the shepherds didn't grasp the whole uh, fathom of that statement that day. But Jesus didn't just come for the religious leaders. He didn't just come for the higher echelon in society. The fact that the message of his birth was delivered to lowly shepherds lets us know it's a whosoever will gospel. Hallelujah. I know I'm preaching to people in here that are born again, but it is a good, good reminder. So the angel, Gabriel, he got to declare that the Messiah had been born. There's another scripture that talks about angels witnessing the creation. I don't know what angel it was, but there was one that particularly is talked about over in Psalms chapter 8. I like the Holman translation here, and I know that we do have that, the HCSB translation when, of, of uh, Psalms 8. We'll look at verse 3. When I observe your heavens, this is an angel talking, and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. This angel is in awe. And he is in wonder of what God has created. And look at that. The work of his fingers. I mean, that's just the stars, the sun and the moon and all of that. It didn't take God a long time to do that. He just, shoo, light be, planets be. And this angel is saying, woo, you go, God. Woo! That's pretty awesome stuff right there. Wow. But then it continues here. But then God 
created something else. And it astounded the angel. Verse 4. But God, what is this man? That you remember him. The King James says you're mindful of him. The son of man. That you look after him. You made him. This translation says a little less than God. Because we're created in his likeness and in his image. This angel was just baffled. What? What is this man? What is this creature? And not only did you make him as a little lower than you with the will and your characteristics, but you crowned him with glory and with honor. You made him Lord over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. Just think of it. The angels were like, God, we didn't even know this position was available. But you came and you slipped somebody in between us and you. He's got a will. He's created in your likeness and your image. And it says that you crowned him with glory. People have this picture of Adam and Eve in the garden, run around naked. They were not naked and afraid. They were clothed with glory. God's tangible presence was so thick on them. And it wasn't until after the fall that we have these pictures of them sewing fig leaves together. It wasn't until after the fall that they started to kill animals and to clothe themselves. Why? Because their clothing, their covering left. Because of sin, the glory left them. But this angel is observing the creation. And then down through the eons of time, angels have observed and they have watched God's love for this creature called man. This creature that is the only one of all of God's creation that was given this wonderful thing called a will. We're the only ones that can choose life or death. That can choose Jesus or not Jesus. He gave us that attribute of himself, a will. So the angels, they watched down through the ages as God showed himself to mankind. Even after Adam's sin, God had a plan. God never has an oops, I didn't see that coming. The devil outsmarted me there. Now what are we going to do? No, he knew. He knew when he created Adam. He knew when he created man that sin would occur. And separation from him, from his glory would happen. But he had a plan. What is this glory That he clothed man with. And that he gives us the ability to have on the inside of us. Definition of glory in the Hebrew is kabod. C-H-A-B-O-D. And a real simple definition is a manifest presence of God. Heavy and weighty with everything.
everything good. Hallelujah. Heavy and weighty with everything good. Glory is the manifestation of God's presence, his power, and his goodness. So in this, in this journey where God was still showing man his glory, he couldn't touch him. He couldn't live in him because there was sin. And when there's sin and God would have reached out, man would have become a, cri- a crispy critter. You know, and if, when he first created Adam, it said that he walked with him in the cool of the day. He communed with him. They had fellowship. But when sin entered in, there had to be that separation because the glory of God would have consumed Adam because he'd given place to sin. But all throughout the Old Testament, God's still trying to show his love and manifest himself. To his chosen people, the children of Israel. Look, for example, over in Exodus chapter 40. This is when God was dealing with them out in the wilderness and Moses was leading the children of Israel. Then the cloud, the Shekinah, God's visible presence, the glory, it covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud remained up on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So in the old covenant, God dwelt in temples made with hands. It had to be in a specific place. And they had to go through specific rituals, the priests, before they could enter into the Shekinah glory. Because the price had not been paid for sin. But in the new covenant, oh, that's you and me. We got a better covenant. Men have the opportunity to become temples of glory. Hallelujah. Whoever believes on Jesus will become a living temple of the living God. In the Old Testament, they had to open up the gates. They had to go through rituals to have his presence, uh, be able to accommodate his presence. I like this Psalms. It kind of talks about this. Psalms 24, we'll look at verse 7. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up. You everlasting doors. And who's going to come in? The king of glory shall come in. Let's continue reading. Verse 8. Who is the king of glory? Answer that with me. Let's read that together. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. The next verse. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift him up, you everlasting doors. Read that with me together. And the king of glory shall come in. Then he asks it again. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. So they had to open up the gates. They had to open up the doors to let him come 
into the temple. But you and I, we have to open up our hearts. Glory to God. That's all we have to do. If we believe it in our heart and confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. And the glory will come and reside in our temple. What happened when Adam lost his fellowship with God? It's clear if you have, if you ever went through the Roman road, the Roman road is a good road to leading somebody to Jesus. But the first scripture on the Roman road is Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of what? The glory of God. Sin keeps us from having the glory of God in our lives. But you know what? All we have to do to have the king of glory, that verse we just read, open up your gates, open up your doors. King of glory will come in for us in this dispensation, in this covenant, we open up our hearts. Everybody say, open up my heart. King of glory, come in to a greater degree. I'm expecting, I'm contending for greater glory, greater presence in my life. Does the glory of God make a difference? Oh yeah. Does God ever show up? broke anywhere? Does God ever show up sick anywhere? Does he ever show up depressed? We already told you a simple definition of glory is the manifest presence of God. Heavy and weighty with everything good. So when we open up our hearts, we're saying, come in. Everything good. Go out. Everything bad. Amen. (laughs) Woo. Glory be to God. It's a great mystery. Christ in us. The hope of glory. I like this scripture. Colossians 1 27. In the New King James. To them glory willed. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is this mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Woo! The hope, the confident, favorable expectation because glory lives in me that I'm going to have days of glory upon the earth that I'm going to walk in the fullness of the plan that he has for me that I'm going to rise up and I'm going to be part of the glorious church Without spot or without wrinkle. We are called to shine for him. We are called to display his goodness. It's for us, but it's not just for us. Should flow through us. Under the old covenant, God showed them his glory. 
That's all he could do. He could show them glimpses of his glory. But under the new covenant, we're supposed to show forth his glory. He showed it to them. And now you and I are supposed to let it be shown through us. You might say scripture and verse. Well, I'm glad you asked. There's one right here. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him. Amen. That's good right there. This is the part I want you to see. To the glory of God. Where? Through us. We are reflectors of God's glory. There's all sorts of crazy movies out right out now. And there's all these sci-fi and all of these superheroes, whatever. But we are not defenders or avengers of his promises. We are reflectors of his glory. Hallelujah. To reveal the hope of glory in us. And to let the world. See Jesus through us. Wonderful scripture. I'll just quote it for you. Matthew 5, 6. Let your light so shine before men. When we get to heaven, some people are like, well, yeah, when I get to heaven, I'm going to shine bright. Well, no matter how bright you shine in heaven, it'll be dull compared to Jesus shining. The glory of the Lord lights that place. So it's wonderful. We'll all be little lights shining in heaven. But where we need to be shining the most is right here, right now. In the dark world. It doesn't take a lot. One little light can dispel darkness. If we were to turn out all the lights in this building and there's not any windows in here, even if we close those doors, it'd be pitch black in here. But if everybody just took out their little iPhone or their phone, they all have flashlights on them, and you turned your flashlight on, guess what? If one person did, we'd have enough light to see our way out of here. Light dispels darkness. Shine, shine, shine. What is that song? Something about shine. Shine, Jesus, shine. shine. Fill this earth with your glory. Fill this earth with the Father's glory. And you may have heard this in Sunday school. If you grew up in Sunday school like I did. Anybody ever heard this song? Don't hide your your light under a bushel. No. We, We were taught to do the little motion. Hide your light. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Then we stomp our feet. No. Going to let it shine, little shine. Let it shine. And then another part of it was don't let Satan it out. Blow it out. But we did. Because we like to. Don't let Satan blow it out. Don't let it be hidden. We are the light of the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now let's look at some more passages here. Can you handle some more? Only been going 26 minutes. Sure you can. All right. First Peter chapter 4 verse 11. And we want to look at these in the Amplified. Whoever speaks, let him do it 
as one who utters the oracles of God. Whoever renders service, let him do it as with the strength which God furnishes abundantly. So that all things God may be glorified. Whatever we do, we should be bringing glory to him. That should be our aim and our goal. To bring glory to him. And if you're not sure whether you should be doing something, just say, hmm, can I smoke this joint to the glory of God now that it's legal? Jesus, help us. Can I smoke this joint to the glory of God? Pastor was acting up kind of funny after that pass. And he said, you know, I just hope some of these real, you know, we won't give them a name, but some of these churches that aren't, you know, quite committed to the Lord, more like a social club. He said, I hope they don't start small groups and call it token talk. No, you can't toke to the glory of God, I don't think. Anyhow, so whatever we do, do it to the glory of God. Because to Him, the glory and the dominion and forever and ever belongs unto Him. Now, verse 12. Beloved. We're still talking about the glory. Beloved. Is that you? Are you beloved? Are you born again? Do not be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality. Quality, yes. As though some strange and unusual and alien to you and your position were befalling you. People, sometimes they say, I'm going to get born again and I'm not going to have any more troubles. Uh, no, that's not scriptural. He's telling us, don't be surprised when tests and trials show up. It's not unusual. It's not strange. It's not an alien being sent to harass you. It's just the devil coming to steal the word. That's what he comes after, number one. Coming to steal the word. Coming to steal your faith. Coming to steal your joy. He wants to get you out of faith into fear. You know, Jesus, in his own words, it's written in red in your Bible. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulations. Some Christians stop reading right there and say, oh yes, amen, I'm scriptural. I'm tribulating and I'm tribulating some more. But Jesus didn't stop there. In John 16, 13, I just quoted the first part. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. I like it that he started off with saying, we have peace in him. He didn't glorify the tribulation. Too many people do. They glorify the trouble and the tribulation. But Jesus said, in me you have peace. In the world, certainly, you're going to have tribulation. Why? We're not of this world. We love the world, but the world doesn't always love us. We love the world, but the world may cause you to have some tribulations. And just by virtue of being human, just by virtue of driving on 880, that's a tribulation in and of itself sometimes. But what are we supposed to do when these things happen? 
sit down and cry. Go find one of those crying groups. Have one and start another group called Talk That Trial. And somebody starts talking about their tribulation. Oh, that's bad. But you ought to hear what I'm going through. It's way worse than that. It's going to top your tribulation. No. He said, be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Now the next verse, back to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13. Is that when we see the glory mentioned here. But in so far as you are sharing Christ's sufferings. Sit down. Cry. Complain. Get depressed. Rejoice. Do what? Rejoice. So that when his glory. Full of radiance and splendor is revealed. You will also rejoice with triumph hallelujah on the other side of what peter was saying is going to be some test and tribulation on the other side of that he's saying is something called revealed glory god doesn't bring these things into our lives but when they show up if we'll act like the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into temptation. Not because it came, but count it joy because you know the outcome. You know on the other side of that thing is victory because he always causes us to triumph. You know on the other side of that, greater glory shall be revealed. Have you ever taken off in an airplane? And hopefully if you were taken off, it was in an airplane. But anyhow, have you ever taken off in an airplane on a real cloudy day? We've flown out of San Francisco many times. And sometimes when you fly out of SFO, there's a pretty heavy cloud layer there, fog or whatever it is. And it doesn't look good on the ground. But just in a matter of a few moments, when you start ascending and you get up above those clouds... There's always blue sky. There is always blue sky above the cloud layer. Now, when we're down here, we can't say it, see it. But from God's perspective, the sun is always shining. And there's always a breakthrough on the other side of that cloudy day. Hallelujah. We need to see it from his vantage point. Hallelujah. On the other side of that is victory God's glory revealed I like that revealed glory is greater than the attack hallelujah now I want to tell you this story that I thought was pretty awesome about you know taking the right perspective when a test or trial comes and receiving glory instead greater glory Greater outcome, greater victory on the other side of that thing. There was a young man who was a new believer and he had this old beat up car, but it was his only mode of transportation. This car needed new tires. It needed a new paint job. The interior was falling apart, but it was, like I said, his only mode of transportation. He came out of work or somewhere one day and that car had been stolen. 
So of course he was disheartened. But somebody before this happened had given him an old tape. Maybe some of you have heard it by Dr. Jerry Savelle. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. So this young believer had been listening to that. And for a moment, he was tempted to be really upset and despaired about the situation. But he chose to rejoice instead and let God reveal himself strong. So he just started thanking God. I'm not thanking you that my car is stolen, but I am thanking you that I'm going to get a better one or whatever the plan is. I am thanking you that you always cause me to triumph. I am not going to have a down day about this. I choose to rejoice. Well, a period of time went by and he gets a call from a police officer and he says, we have found your car. Do you want to come and pick it up? So this young man's going down there to pick up his car and he's expecting that it's going to need a paint job, need new tires and still be the same old hoopty that it was, you know, he gets down there and he's like, this is my car. They had done a complete paint job. The interior was completely done over. Brand new tires on it. The officer said they were probably getting ready to sell it, you know, so they'd put all this work into it. And then it was found. The guy got his car back in awesome condition. Now, some of you that are driving a hoopty, don't get any ideas. Don't leave your keys in your car on the parking lot and hope somebody will steal it and fix it up. But anyhow, the point is this, though. If something bad does happen, we just need to say, I'm going to choose to rejoice. And I'm going to let God reveal himself strong in this situation. I'm expecting greater glory. I'm expecting God to turn it around for my good. That's what that verse means. We read in 1 Peter 4, 13. When his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. I just wanted to encourage you tonight. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your future is bright. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed in greater degrees. Hallelujah. Y'all stand with me. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor. Hallelujah. You are good and you are faithful. Thank you, Lord. You've already manifest yourself in such a precious way tonight. We thank you for people's bodies being healed. We thank you that we've been refreshed.